Welcome to the Same As It Never Was podcast, where we explore the stories and ideas of our world that make us question the reality of it. Is everything the same as we remember it to be? I'm joined by my co-host show, where we will discuss head-scratching mysteries from lesser-known eerie disappearances, to questions about humanity's place in this universe, and everything in between. So grab a coffee, sit back, and enjoy your walk or commute as you join us in today's episode, where we'll talk about people who go missing under bizarre circumstances, who are either never found again, or are discovered in baffling conditions. Many of these disappearances can be found in The Missing 411, a series of books written by former police detective David Politis about the unexplained cases of people who go missing in North America's national parks. I've heard of this story before, actually, and, and it spooks me. You know, I've, I've only lived in very small countries, right? Yeah. And there's something about massive countries like Australia and the US that, that freak me out, especially how much, un, like, it's not necessarily unknown land, but there's so mm. much, like, greenery. Um, I think there's so much untouched land like at least here in the UK it's densely populated a lot of places you go to you know there's someone living there just like imagine (laughs) a huge expanse of land there could be someone there you don't know you never know like I mentioned this before how you know if I wanted to restart my life in the UK like where do I go (laughs) right where do I go Isle of Wight Birmingham but in the US, like you can go to another state and it's like a different country, right? And the state itself yeah. has, you know, just as many cities as England is. And that's just one state. And you can just go to the national forests, national parks and disappear. That's a really creepy thing about this. And the thing about disappearing in national parks, you know, the thing that scares me about the missing 411 is it's not just people like us who go missing. It's also children if i'm not mistaken teenagers Mm -hmm. adults older people and there are a creepy set of circumstances and a pattern that seems to come up um but yeah i don't know a lot of the stories so jesse you want to go ahead and enlighten me please yeah sure sorry (laughs) can we stop (laughs) coming forth okay so the story today takes place on january 12th 2016 and 18 year old dylan parker is attending a party in his hometown Mm -hmm. in idaho so it was really cold that evening they had a lot of snow um and it was quite a big party and dylan got understandably as a teenager quite drunk Mm -hmm. um he then decided to call his mom to come pick him up and his mom was a bit annoyed she could tell he sounded drunk he was slurring his words um but she didn't want to start any arguments So she just said, hey, meet me down at the gas station and I'll come pick you up. So his mom gets in the car, drives to the gas station. And as she's driving, Dylan calls her again. So she picks up the phone um, and Dylan's there. But he Hmm. doesn't sound like he did previously. In fact, he sounds very panicked and scared. um, And is like repeatedly asking her where she is. Um, but his mom's just like, calm down, I'll be there in a few minutes, don't worry. And she thought that, you know, he's drunk. People get like that sometimes. Yeah. So she turns the corner, she drives down the gas station, and she doesn't see Dylan at first, but she doesn't really worry. It's snowing, he could have gone inside. So she parks the car, and she goes into the gas station. And she mm. looks around, can't see Dylan. And then she asks one of the employees if they'd seen her son, and they say no. She's not trying to get too worried at this point. You know, he could have just started walking home. Yeah, exactly. So she tries calling him again, nothing. Um, She gets in the car, tries calling him again, but this time, not only does he not answer, but the phone's been turned off. So she's a bit concerned. And she starts driving around the town for about 30 minutes looking for him and calling his phone. But there's no luck. And she decides to call the police. So after that, the police conduct a thorough search of the area, but they have no luck. They didn't find Dylan. It was literally like he vanished. It wasn't until 10 days later where Dylan was found in somewhere they wouldn't think to search. Just outside of town, two people were in a dense area of forest. They were trying to find their all-terrain vehicles. They crashed the previous night. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and they decided not to go out late at night and just to go the next day and retrieve them then. Um, during the daytime, on their way there, they came across a body. And unfortunately, that body would be Dylan's. So the location of Dylan's body is a bit strange. In order to get there, Dylan would have to have walked the opposite direction of his home. So mm -hmm. this is Dylan's hometown. And even though the toxicology reports found alcohol in his system, I feel like he'd be able to find his way home. I mean, I've been very drunk before. I still managed to go <laughs> home. Mm. I don't know why you would start walking the opposite direction unless you really have to. Yeah. Um, not so I'm assuming that. that the the gas station they were supposed to meet was in between, I'm guessing. The yeah, party I think it was home? just down the road from the party, so it wasn't that Oh, that's far. weird. That's creepy. Yeah. So, and it's also in a forest. So he's walking towards somewhere where there is no light. Yeah. There's no, you know, there's no town there. So there's no lights. So he's basically walking into the darkness. Hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. That's it. So they did find his, they found his body 10 days they find his body. after. 10 days afterwards. Yeah. Okay. But okay. So what, what, what would make this any different from, I don't know, like a, a normal this like a disappearance case you know where they find um the unfortunate outcome of a disappearance do we so, know any information yeah there are a few weird things that they found so obviously it was snowing yeah. and it hadn't snowed since dylan had gone missing um it was still very cold so the snow was still there but where they found dylan's body they found no tracks leading up to it so oh. It's kind of a bit strange because obviously if he'd been walking there you would have found tracks yeah so so since he disappeared it, it didn't snow so ideally you no. would find like footprints somewhere like whether yeah. it's in the woods or on the road okay all right i see and yeah go on obviously you know it could have been like well it could have been an animal attack apparently eagles can carry up like small children but obviously dylan was a grown man um and if it had been something like a bear attack you would have seen you know remains there would have been tracks mm -hmm. anyway for sure then there is something else that was weird that dylan was found without trousers or shoes um you would also think if he had taken off his shoes before his feet would be pretty cut up but his mm -hmm. socks were clean and his feet were completely uninjured you could think that oh well maybe he took off his shoes and trousers mm -hmm. there um yeah. there is something called paradoxical undressing which sort mm -hmm. of when hypothermia starts to set in people will start to actually think that they're hot and take off their clothes mm. um so you know maybe that happened to dylan however they never found his trousers or shoes they weren't by him they weren't anywhere near him they never found them so what happened there that's weird so they didn't find his trousers or his shoes and his body was found in a what was it like a ravine so i'm assuming ravine, he yeah. fell yeah uh, he fell in there and he wasn't wearing and they there are no tracks and there's no they couldn't find any of his no no, no tracks no shoes no trousers nothing okay it's wow. as if he was placed there so yeah, basically in the end they mm -hmm. basically concluded that his cause of death was hypothermia which Sorry. could make sense. Mm -hmm. But the circumstances in which he was found just don't really add up. There was actually the deputy coroner, David Roos, was very adamant something wasn't right. He actually thought that Dylan got attacked. And mm -hmm. he believed that, you know, the county were hiding something. Because the county never further investigated Dylan's case. They just left it at that. And it actually yep. got to a point where David got fired and he <laughs> believes they did that to keep him quiet. I mean, we don't yeah. know, but mm -hmm. it's just a bit odd that they, you know, there was, it didn't add up, but they still closed the case anyway. It, it seems like the, you know, the fact that they never further investigated Dylan's case, it feels a bit quick, obviously, and I'm not sure how long it was between them finding the body and them coming up with, um, what's it called, this, the solution to what happened. Mm. But, okay, sure, let's say the cause of death was hypothermia. Right. Which, which, you know, it, it has happened. You're in the cold, you're drunk. Um, 
you don't know which way you're going you get stuck but like that doesn't that doesn't explain like why he's in a ravine like you said you know you've been drunk before (laughs) you can make your way back (laughs) or at least walk in the right direction yeah but in a ravine like i feel like that's also quite far from any like he was found by was it hikers yeah outside of the town as well yeah outside of the town and one thing that i do find weird as well that his mom was driving Mm -hmm. around the town and she must know this town very well and if dylan had you know decided to leave the gas station he couldn't have got very far you know if it's in the snow he's walking you're not going to get very far and it feel like she would have found him yeah especially that's the thing because I don't think, you know, I'm not sure if we have like a time, you know, like a timeline of events, but Mm. you're right because, you know, the mother's driving towards him. I'd assume it's quite a small town in Idaho and, you know, she would have been there in time, you know, I'd presume. And she went around and she called him and, you know, what was that thing people say about, you know, contacting the police for a missing person's case? What was the the time limit you had before things really, you know, got serious? Was it like 24 hours? I'm not sure. I think they say if they haven't found a body in 72 hours, they're most likely dead. But they do say the first 24 hours, I think, is the most important. Mm. That's um, crazy. So in, in 10 days, they found him. So what yeah. what is, like, what is, is, what's his name? Does David Politis, does he have an explanation? Not an explanation, because we, we know he doesn't want to provide an answer to any of these cases. He just, yeah. you know, provides us with, you know, this is what happened we can interpret the case ourselves. But is there anything he said in regards to this I case mean, in particular? The only thing is that he thinks that the removal of clothing is totally irrational. Yeah. Um, apart from that whole paradoxical undressing. So, like I said, it could very well be that he did die of hypothermia. But again, where were his clothes? Why didn't they find yeah. those? Especially in a forest, I feel like they'd be quite easy to yeah. find. That's fair. And I imagine in the woods, you know, this is just me throwing um, like a theory out there. Like I'd consider maybe an animal attack. You know, you're in mm-hmm. a rural town, there are woods, but you know, I don't think you mentioned there were any like bodily harm on him. No, uh, I think his body was pristine. I mean, they thought it was hypothermia at the end of the day. So that's weird. it is strange. It, it doesn't so make it... sense. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't make sense. So you said the deputy coroner, David Roos, and mm-hmm. he was adamant something wasn't right, and he eventually got fired because either they were covering him up or he just got too annoying, right? But he said Maybe. he might have been attacked, <laughs> attacked. So, and so if it's not, if if it's not an animal attack, then what is the assumption? A person yeah, attacked him. Yeah. So like a David does think someone attacked him. That mm-hmm. he was attacked. I mean, I think one of a big theory could. be involve Mm -hmm. him being killed i mean it makes Mm -hmm. sense someone could have placed him there and covered the tracks yeah um and you know there is a lot of foul play that involves serial killers especially in you know forests you know there was gary hilton he was a national forest serial killer and he murdered about you know a lot of hikers around 2007 um so it's very likely that there's probably a lot of bad people that would choose the forest to operate in i mean there's no one around you it's probably it gives you a lot of time to cover things up you know it's a huge dense place yeah huge dense place yeah exactly and i assume um you know if you have a small town next to the woods and it's nighttime there's a victim he's inebriated it just seems i guess like you know wrong place at the wrong time kind of thing if it Mm. was the event of a serial killer um, but it's just the fact that, you know, if it was one, surely you would have you know, some, you know, strangulation marks, um, signs of a struggle, anything. Um, signs and, uh, of a... that, like, he was attacked. A- exactly. And from what exactly. we know, there were no signs that he was attacked. Yeah. So they just found his body and they said it was hyperthermia. And then they just dusted it away. Yeah. And I mean, the toxicology mm. reports only show that there's alcohol in a system. I don't know if they found anything else. Um, But yeah, there's no actual signs of him being attacked. There are other stories in the missing 411, which are quite strange. Similar ones to um, Dylan about, you know, again, 
young men that are drunk and they mm. disappear and their bodies yeah. are just found in crazy circumstances and if we are going to talk about serial killers i think these stories feel like they feel more plausible mm-hmm. um there is a series of people that died um and it sounds they do sound sort of linked but maybe they're not um so we have dakota james is one of the men and i'm just going to go through his story very briefly so sure, yeah go ahead we got January 25th, 2017. So Dakota mm-hmm. James is a 23-year-old man and he's bar hopping in Pennsylvania with his friends. Um, he's not too drunk and he just sort of says to his friends, look, I've worked tomorrow, I'm going to go home. And he decided to leave by himself. There's actually CCTV footage of him walking home. He's mm-hmm. on his phone. He doesn't seem to be stumbling or any, anything. He seems to be okay. And... There is no footage of anyone following him. So by the looks of the CCTV footage, he looks to be not too drunk. Mm -hmm. The next day, though, Dakota fails to show up to work. And this is a bit odd because Dakota never doesn't turn up to work. So his boss actually immediately calls Dakota's family. They don't know anything about him not being there. And so they call the police. They launch a search, but nothing ha- nothing turns up. Again, it's like Dakota just vanished. Then, 40 days after he goes missing, Dakota's body turns up in the Ohio River 10 miles from where he <laughs> went missing. 10 miles! And That's this was ruled an accidental death. They think Accident. that while he was walking home, he stopped by the river to relieve himself mm-hmm. and fell in. And because it was night and it was cold and he was drunk, he went into shock and died and mm-hmm. drifted 10 miles to this location. Um, of course, I think a lot of people in his family included just don't believe this theory um, because yep. there are a lot of issues with it. And I think there's more issues than the previous story. So I'll go into these now. Yeah, so go ahead. This is weird. To, yeah. So in order to get from where he went missing to where he was found, Dakota would have had to have drifted through a dam. So a dam is a very violent section of water. And if his body went through it, he would have got torn up. However, his body was in pristine condition. And it actually didn't look like he'd been in the water for too long. In fact, they thought he'd just been in the water for a few days. Toxicology reports also found that, yes, he had alcohol in his system, but also he had sedatives, GHB. I mean, <laughs> that sounds a bit weird. Yeah. And this sedatives. is one of the, <laughs> and this is the biggest one. There was no water in his lungs. So don't tell me they think he drowned. Did they think he drowned? They think it was an accidental <laughs> death. <laughs> so I mean, all of this just doesn't add up. You find a body forty days later, pristine yep. condition, no water in his lungs, sedatives in his body. And they say it was an accidental death and he just fell in. Well, do we know how his, like, I I think if I'm not mistaken, his family, I guess his friends didn't believe like the initial theory. Like how, how, what do you think you'd do? What did they do? Well, they didn't actually. And it gets a bit weirder now. So the family weren't happy with this and they actually hired a pathologist, Dr. Mm -hmm. Wett, to look at the evidence himself. And the pathologist actually found that Dakota had ligature marks around his neck, um, suggesting Mm. that there could have been rope around there. But another doctor disputed this and said it was dried blood. I mean, I think dried (laughs) blood and ligature marks are quite different. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like, you know, I feel like if you're a pathologist, you're an expert, right? You're a doctor. Yeah, like, you know what you're looking at. Sure, people can make mistakes, but it's kind of weird how one can say it's ligature marks and the other can just say it's dried blood. I've seen dried blood before. I haven't. I don't think I've seen ligature marks, but I feel like doctors can, you know, tell the difference between the two. Uh, that's weird. I mean, surely dried blood would come off. <laughs> ligature marks wouldn't. I think it'd be that's quite easy. Point. But yeah, um, they also the pathologist also concluded that there was no way his body was in the water for more than a few days um so yeah that begs the question what did happen 
if it wasn't possible for him to be in the water for 40 days, why are they calling this an accidental drowning when he didn't even drown? Hmm. And there's some other guys, Todd Gieb, uh, very similar. He was um, visiting parents for dinner and went to a bar to get some drinks. He was also, He also went missing and was found dead. And there was also a guy called Luke Homan and he also went missing at a festival and was found in a body of water and all three of these men were found without water in their lungs um Luke Homan was also found with GHB in his toxicology report and also another one was Toggy was found with antidepressants in his system and he had no history of mental illness and wasn't apparently taking any antidepressants. That's weird. Yeah, so, so even so, so Luke also has GHB, the strong sedative in his system. Yes. And a high level of alcohol. Um, yeah. So not just Luke, but also the first, um, the story you gave just earlier. Dakota, yeah. Yeah, with Dakota. And, oh, that's that's bizarre. Do you know? Do we know how long it took to find both Luke and um, Todd? Is it like a similar, like 40 days, something like that? So, no, it was a lot less. So, for Todd, it was three weeks after his disappearance. Okay. Hmm. And then Luke, I think it was, uh, yeah, I think it was September the 29th he went missing. And the 2nd of October he was found. So, that wasn't actually too long. Yeah. But the thing is, what I see that's common between these three cases is the body being quite pristine, even mm. though they were found in water, right? And, you know, bodies, dead bodies, we presume, um, that have been sitting in water for like certain amount of days actually start to bloat or, you know, they're not pristine. But it just looks like these three are. Yeah. It's just, um, it's weird. I think especially Dakotas, I mean, you can't, if they said he was only in the water for a few days but he was missing for 40 days what happened to the other 35 days for example you know there's a long period of time and it doesn't really make sense Mm -hmm. and they're refusing Um, to investigate that further yeah so that that's the part that's weird it's like how you know in the previous story as well they just stopped the investigation after they have a simple answer sure you know maybe the police don't have the resources to continue the investigation something was like I'd be too curious to just leave it as it is. For example, in Dakota James's story, um, you know, maybe I could believe that it was an ac- accidental drowning or an accidental death, but you know, it's the fact that there was a dam <laughs> in between the ten <laughs> miles of river, and he was found in like such a pristine condition. Like I don't like I, this is a, this is just a theory. Maybe you know, obviously he could have been attacked by something or someone, and then like dumped in the river, like ten miles down the river or close close to. Where he was found, obviously I wouldn't know who or why, but it just seems like for the three cases for these three um, um men, it's just it's unfortunate, obviously, and it's quite sad. Um, but you know the differentiating time, like these people, like for example, Luke, he's a, a he's an athlete, right, six foot three. Um, he's also drinking. It seems like all of them have been drinking to some extent, except mm-hmm. for um Dakota wasn't like inebriated. But apparently Luke mm-hmm. had a heavy amount of alcohol in his system. I don't know. It doesn't... I feel like it doesn't add mm. The thing is, a lot of this... I mean, they could be accidental. Again, someone's drunk. You know, their senses aren't, you know, the best. So, of course, it could be an accident. But it just feels like they were found so conveniently. Their bodies were just... It does really feel like someone just placed their bodies there. And again, they're yeah. in bodies of water that's definitely a place where you could place a body after you're done with it and again you know someone's drunk even a six foot three man that's a very good time to attack someone at night when they're on their own and drunk yeah so the thing with these cases okay you can you can make the, the assumption that it was accidental but yeah we just want to let you know that not all the missing 411 cases have led to, you know, death, right? There have been, like, survival stories, per se. 
And mm. while these sound like they can sound like accidents, I still think, you know, maybe one or two are accidents. I don't have the details for this case, but I remember reading how, you know, like a child went missing, like a really young one, maybe like six, like two to six years old. Yeah. And they went missing. Like, I think the mother or the father, they were going for a walk with this child through like a, a path, a route through the woods, I believe. And I think, you know, you, you never leave your child behind. And apparently the parents who was holding the kid, like, at one moment, just turned to the right or to the left, and the child was gone. And it was only after what seemed like several days or several weeks, they actually found the kid, but, like, at an insane elevation, like, above, you know, mm. boulders and rocks and even a cliffside. And the child was okay up there. And it's like, okay, a... you know, you have accidental deaths, but this is, like, yeah, the, the child can't speak, I assume, on what happened. But I believe, I think that was like a documentary or something, or someone wanted to test the theory. I think it was like two miles or like 20 miles away. I think it was like 12, yeah, 12 miles away, sorry. And, you know, they did the trek, you know, they climbed the cliffside, but, you know, that's an adult or like a team of adults, hmm. you know, conquering this cliffside, not a child. So I don't know how the child would end up there. That's the thing. I think there's a lot of these stories where people do just completely vanish. And when they are found, it's just in ridiculous places. And yeah, there are a lot of children children that do go missing. I mean, there was one, this was a long time ago, Jackie Copeland, um, he was two years old and he mm-hmm. was at a picnic um, in Pennsylvania. And like you said, one moment he was there, the next he just vanished. His parents couldn't see him, they couldn't find him. And obviously they were really worried but the next morning, thankfully, he was found. However, they found him two miles away in a swamp. And the man who found him saw Jackie peering around from a tree. And the search coordinators just deemed it impossible for Jackie to have got there by himself, unharmed. Um, mm-hmm. it, it makes no no sense how a child could do that. Um, obviously Jackie was two years old a very young child Um, they did try and ask him what happened and Mm -hmm. as a young child he basically thought he saw something behind a tree a creature and decided to follow it and he included in his experience a large giant a tall friendly tree and also howling animals and of course, you could Whoa. say, well, this is a kid. This is imagination. We all had wild imaginations when we were younger. But it doesn't explain how he managed to get from A to B, two miles in a swamp the next morning without the aid of something. And it could make sense. Maybe it was the aid of an animal of some sort. So the kid is like, I've, you know, I know what a two year old looks like i know what they sound mm. like it's just a two-year-old was it two miles from the picnic site two miles there's like a, yeah there's a swamp in between like you know adults yeah. again like it's hard to traverse through a swamp but this this child is also unharmed if i'm not mistaken just yeah he was fine just vibing and we don't know <laughs> we don't know what or who took it there and obviously the kid is two so they can't really communicate with us mm. And it's like, obviously, oh, it's tricky. Yeah, I mean, there is, we could go into these theories, which, well, this theory is cryptid cryptid abduction. Mm -hmm. Um, So Navajo culture, skinwalkers, basically a sort of like witches who have the ability to turn into possess or disguise themselves as an animal. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they could be abducting people some people think that there are cryptids out there that do abduct people mm-hmm. um and maybe this is the case of jackie jackie yeah, was I... abducted by a skinwalker yeah that's, that's actually an interesting um what's it called an idea like cryptid abduction and obviously you know the national parks in the u.s especially in north america are that they're no stranger to cryptids um you know cryptid world cryptozoology it's got a you know heavy group of supporters but also many people who think it's a complete joke david politis himself actually 
before writing <laughs> the missing 411 books he would he, he would he was investigating bigfoot right <laughs> yeah so <laughs> i mean Big... sometimes i think some people may take his findings with a pinch of salt knowing that exactly. that was his previous publication <laughs> yeah um and the thing is you know i mentioned at the very start the land is vast it's huge and i think mm. it's quite like disingenuous to say like you know we know everything that exists out there like yeah. in the woods and for all i know there is something out there in the national parks that you know either they're covering up or you know that we haven't identified yet and in this instance it could have just you know picked up jackie and took it somewhere I'm quite surprised it didn't do anything to Jackie, but you know, I'm not a um, I'm not a cryptid expert. And that's another thing. If it was an animal, why would an animal take a young child to a swamp and just leave it there? What would that animal yeah. want to do with that child apart from eat it? You know, <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> you know, I, I a wonder, wild animal. Yeah, that's true. And then you know, he he. Ex- what was it? So the two-year-old was it a two-year-old that said he followed it and ex- his experience included like a yeah. So a that's large what giant. they basically got from the child that the wow. child saw something and followed it, and something and... was staring at him from behind a tree. Oh, that and that's creepy. what apparently caught Jackie's attention. That's why yeah. he followed it. Oh yikes! And you that's know, really children's imaginations are crazy, but a friendly tree. A large giant? You know, what was he talking about? I, a giant. You know, that could have been an adult. You never know. A large that's giant true. to a two-year-old yeah. could have been an adult, and an adult could have yeah. taken him. That's a good point, yeah. And then maybe he was left unharmed because, I don't know, he was about to get caught, like whoever or whatever was going to do mm. something with this kid. Uh, it's weird. The thing with animals and children, though, I don't know if this is like a myth or legend, if it was true, but wasn't like Rome founded, was founded by like these two Ro- like Romus and Remulus, I think. Oh, someone's gonna butcher me when they listen to this. But they don't were raised by me. wolves. I don't know. Right? <laughs> and they were raised by wolves. Like the wolves didn't eat the kids. Like they were, mm. like you know, they were brought up with a pack of wolves. And there are many stories like that, actually. You know, where children, you know, they they're rabid or like they're wild children, um, abandoned in the mm. forest, and they grow up next to like monkeys, wolves, and so on. Um, I so think there is there a are animals where that just mm-hmm. a girl does. She is raised by animals. I don't yeah. know specifically, but I think there has been cases. And I mean, even if you look at the way, for example, dogs react around babies, you see those videos of pets and yep. the parents have just had a baby and they bring it home and they're very protective over that child. So it could very well be an animal. Who knows? That's weird. Because, you know, we, we can argue that there might be hiding something there. Because I think, um, mm. so I don't have the specific details on this, but when I was reading up on about it, when David Politis started noticing, you know, there are patterns in these disappearances, he actually went to uh, one of the national parks and asked for their, like, missing persons list. And apparently yeah. they didn't have one. But then they came okay. back later to say that, okay, they have one, but, you know, you need to go through the Freedom of Information Act. Um, okay, he said, sure. Um, I would like to, you know, have this information then. And they said, mm. okay, no, you have to pay for it. And if you're going to pay for it, you can only have it for this state. And if you want it, you know, for the entirety of the United States and all of the national parks, you need to pay like this obscene fee. Um, mm. And apparently they were going to have like an, they calculated that fee by having, I don't know, how long it would take an analyst or like an intern to study all the cases. But I'm like, you're a national park. Surely you would have that on hand, right? It's like, how do you say that you don't have it one minute and then you do suddenly? You yeah, must know like, if you have that information or not. Yeah, I guess when someone starts like you know poking their nose in a bit too much, you start changing mm-hmm. your answers a little bit. It's the fact that you know, like, if there is something out there and they are covering it up, is you know people can use the argument that the fact that they don't you know take into account disappearances in national parks seriously can mm. you know attest to the fact they might be hiding something because there was an instance of another child who went missing and um, when the family went for a picnic this family met up with a f- another family and their children were playing um, in a hill not so far away and the hide and seek game went for a bit too long so the father of the child went to look for him and you know the, the child is missing mm. and so obviously the national um what was it the national guard so, like the the rangers yeah the rangers were called in to find the child but apparently over time 
the people who were involved in the search were okay fbi that's fine rangers are fine but even like yeah. special forces green berets who were involved in the search of this child and and they really like you know that they were not transparent with any of this information like they didn't let the father know anything they found right and i think there was a witness that said they saw a large figure that could be like you know a bulky big man carrying mm-hmm. something over its shoulder or under its arm during the time of its disappearance I'm just like, okay, you know, someone goes missing, obviously you want to use all the, you know, the resources you have to find it. But like special forces, green berets for a disappearance. That feels very extreme. And this is the thing that I find weird is why they're very vague. When it comes to these disappearances, the cases become very vague. Yeah. Yeah, very, very vague. And also like, you know, sort of answered very quickly. And and then the unfortunate case that I mentioned, you know, the child was never found. And it's, I feel really sad for, you know, when it's children involved and even adults involved where they go missing, but there is no closure, right? Um, mm. in, the, in the stories we mentioned, you know, unfortunately as well, it was a death, but, you know, in the same vein, you know, there's no closure for the ones that have disappeared. Um, it's quite it's quite hard to, to wrap my head around. That's the thing, like I said with Dylan Parker, they want answers, they don't believe what happened happened but they're not getting those and you know there are some cases out there that happen you know all over the world that are absolutely Mm -hmm. bizarre but they still manage to get solved so i find it weird with all this evidence why they can't get to the bottom of it like dakota james if they found ligature marks around his neck then Mm -hmm. that that's not an accidental drowning why didn't they Mm -hmm. continue with the search you know, unless, you know, it's just the police and they're just lazy. You know, unfortunately, there must be so many deaths and accidental drownings that happen. Yeah. Or they are hiding something. Yeah, it's 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 weird. It's obviously, it's, you know, I can't just point fingers and say they're hiding something, but they're not helping themselves, right? Exactly. <laughs> not, it's, just, it's just that, I don't know, they're trying to make it really suspicious. Okay, but the thing is, you know, someone's going to ask, Okay, what makes the missing 411 different from any other, you know, very spooky disappearance, right? Mm. And I think it's actually, you know, we've read on like the sort of patterns in these disappearances. Mm. So I'm not going to go through all the main patterns, but for example, um, people who go missing usually go missing around large bodies of water or near boulder mm. fields. Um, mm. This might not be surprising for many because, you know, maybe national parks are full of lakes, rivers and large boulder fields. right? So maybe that's just a coincidence. Um but then you have, you know, things like the in the in the previous case, clothes being removed from the body, and in some mm-hmm. instances, actually like nicely folded or like organized, right? So you have cases of clothes being removed from the body. Um, the missing are found in areas that seem difficult and if not impossible to reach by foot. You know, for example, the child I mentioned found twelve miles away in a matter. So he trekked, uh, supposedly trekked twelve miles in what seems like a matter of hours. So how can children as young as two or three going missing at such elevations in mountains that has happened apparently with many cases with their children um apparently they have their clothes on backwards or inside out right and some of the parents actually claim that the children aren't old enough to undress themselves yet Hmm. so why are their clothes off um so that's another pattern and i mean this is odd as well because you know if a child was taken somewhere 12 miles away impossible for them to walk but obviously maybe someone unfortunately took them and you know killed them and drove there and left their body but surely there would be evidence that there was someone that took them there they surely there must be some sort of dna on their clothes or something it's like some evidence surely these people you know if these you know people were killed there must be some evidence they can't there can't be nothing exactly yeah, even killed or like they're found alive, there's still no evidence. And actually, the really weird thing about most of these cases and another pattern, which I think you might find interesting, is a lot of um, when the search party starts, they often find they find the body or the missing person in a place that they have already searched, right? Mm. And, and an extension of that is like rescue dogs apparently are unable to pick up a scent or, and if they do pick up a scent, they'll follow it a few feet and then they start acting bizarrely. They'll circle mm. around it and then sit down. And apparently this is not common behavior for these search and rescue canines, right? So firstly, you have 
people being found in locations that were already searched. So either, I don't know, someone put them there after the search party investigated that region and search dogs just can't find a scent. It sounds like, I don't know, crazy, teleported or something. I don't know. But I mean, that I just, is some theories. You know, we've got portals. There's also alien abduction. I mean, national parks could be a very good area. I mean, I if you want to go so there. <laughs> and it makes sense why people are moved so quickly and easily without any indication that they were, you know, they moved there on foot, you know, these cases where they're just, it seems like they've just been placed there. Yeah. It could make the sense, thing, you know, some sort of true. portal um, or yeah, an abduction or something like that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you, maybe. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a good point. And obviously, you know, alien abductions, I don't want to stray too far from missing 411, but like yeah. alien abductions, they've been a thing, you know, for decades, if not centuries, right? And, you know, if I was an alien, obviously, I'm not an alien, but if I was one, I wouldn't like, I... you know, <laughs> kidnap or abduct someone in a city or in the middle of a town. Mm. Maybe I'd find someone who's alone in the woods, for example, right? Um, obviously, like that's like a not really good example, but I like the idea of you know, if a child is gonna disappear, like twelve miles in what seems like a few hours, portals <laughs> would make. <laughs> good. I mean, obviously, I don't know if a child knows how to use a portal, but you know, these these um ideas, portals, alien abductions, are legitimate. <laughs> on on top of the cryptid abduction idea as well, yeah, are, are genuine reasons that people have come up with. I find that quite fascinating, actually. I mean, if anything, I mean, you can't put it past people. I I could kind of understand if someone thought they were abducted. Only because, yeah. you know, a lot of these cases, like, it makes no sense of how they could have moved from one place to another. So fast. So are they, fast, are they, yeah. are they just zooming there? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's really, it, it's really I mean, creepy. The whole aura this missing mm. 411 gives me. Because it, the thing that bothers me with these patterns, and obviously we're going to get to the other side of this side, you know, the people who argue, the skeptics that argue against these patterns, the people who say um, these patterns are really, you know, they're coincidental, they're kind of forced, right? But, um, you know, for example, one of the patterns would be, um, this is an extension of what you mentioned earlier, how investigators do not find any tracks nine times out of 10. Um, and in the case, how you said in the snow, how there were no footprints, it's like, it just, it's like as if the person just vanished into thin air, right? Mm. And animal attacks are out of the picture because you'd see their tracks and the bodies are pristine. So if it's not animal attacks, um, maybe that might rule out cryptids, you know, aliens, portals, very far-fetched. And I don't mean this to like obviously disrespect those related to the families, but I do mm. think it's, it's fine to discuss, um, you know, given how bizarre it's, the cases are. It's just this, I don't know, before the missing 411 cases, it's like, like you said, people that just vanish. Or it's just so bizarre. It has just this uneasy feeling, this openness, this sense that no one's ever going to know. Like, you could theorize as much as you want. You know, people could research as much as they want. You can have pathologists looking into it, you know, people getting fired from their jobs because they think something else has happened. The national parks not giving out any information you've got all these dead ends and it feels like will we ever actually know what really happens or will we not is it yeah. because we basically we haven't got the capacity to find out or are people hiding something yeah and i think with missing cases i, I don't know which country this is from but i think was it not like the majority of missing case missing cases go unsolved like mm. that that is creepy but the thing is you know david politis you know he said so himself he would not investigate a case where an individual has a known history of mental illness so he won't investigate cases where there's a probability or a likelihood that the person left and disappeared by their own accord right but that's not to say yes. everyone who he's investigated hadn't disappeared on their own volition Exactly. That's a bit weird associating people that just disappear on their own accord with people that have mental illnesses. And it's a bit odd that he's refusing not to investigate people with the mental illnesses. Mm. Yeah. Because he, he, he does have, you know, he does have his skeptics. I do believe a lot of his, all of the mysteries themselves, like they're real, right? A lot of mm. the disappearances, they're real. 
um, but he, he has his fair share of skeptics. And some of the skepticism has to do with the way he has studied these disappearances. So if I just go over um, some information I have here, I need to give credit where credit is due. Reddit user, the old unknown, before I get in trouble. <laughs> Apparently in his books, David Politis uses the word cluster a lot in his research, right? And there's, yeah. there's, an, there's a fallacy associated with something called clustering illusions. And it's related to apophenia, where apophenia is the, the I guess, like the desperate attempt to see patterns in everything, right? Where okay. the clustering illusion is the tendency to erroneously consider the inevitable streaks or clusters arising in small samples of random distributions. I took that from Wikipedia. So essentially, you know, you're forcing to see clusters of information and very what seem like very small samples yeah. so what david usually does is he identifies a pattern or a cluster he uses quite you know like i guess provocative or hyperbolic language to describe the pattern and the cluster mm. he makes unfounded statements about said pattern and cluster and he rarely mm. ma- presents supporting evidence and then he moves on to the next thing um so what, what are your thoughts on on that obviously you know when you investigate something that there's a method to it you think he's doing this like purposely or is it i'm not sure well that's the thing like you said is building people up the use of language it, it, in a way you know obviously these are very real cases but what you're the way he's writing these books it sounds like they're very storytelling-esque mm-hmm. you know as if he's adding theater to this um you know like you said these connections and patterns that if you look hard enough maybe you can see them but are they actually a pattern i think as a reader you could read this you know alongside you know the way it's described and think yeah. that this case is more than it actually is yeah exactly you and, know i think you know, people can be very easily influenced especially when you're going into something and you have no prior knowledge to it yeah. if all you know is from david politis's book then you could be easily swayed and think that there's something else going on when there really isn't yeah Oh, that's a good point, actually, because, you know, it's always best to look at it from different um, like different angles. There's actually a section. Um, let me find it. There's a section from one of his books that was analyzed by this um, by this user where there's a segment here that says, OK, within a time span of from between 3 p.m. and 4.30 p.m., 90 minutes, the odds that six people would disappear over a 90 year time span and they have all disappeared within a 90 minute window are astronomical. What is it about this time window? And you see, like, that paragraph in itself is quite, like you mentioned, very storytelling, and it's trying to provoke, mm. you know, some sort of emotion. So he's identified, like, the cluster, you know, the cluster, the time frame, and how he's, like, he's astronomical. But it's, he, it's, just, it's just a hypothesis. Is he telling like, you that it's astronomical, or are you thinking it's astronomical? Exactly. Right? Because so he if I, he didn't say that and just said that statement, I wouldn't think much of it. Yeah, exactly. Six like people sort of disappearing over a ninety-year time span between those times. Yeah, doesn't sound very shocking to me. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like okay. Exactly. Yeah, and you know, in in like in real science, I put that I'm having like finger quotes right now. Researchers they would observe, make a hypothesis, make testable predictions, and perform these tests to find out if the hypotheses are valid. And you know, mm-hmm. if he was, you know. I guess properly investigating these cases, he would have, um, you know, like a methodology every time, mm. and there's a hypothesis. But it just seems very, I guess, disjointed, and it's just patterns. And you know, I guess identifying patterns in themselves isn't necessarily that impressive. And it's, it's a human nature to find patterns, so it makes us feel comfortable um, to understand something. Mm. Right? But I think that's but... the thing. I think if you research something long enough. I think you and your own mind might be able to see, start seeing patterns that maybe aren't there. And I mean, that yeah. could be a good thing because, you know, his research, he could find something. But of course, what I find strange is that he says these things are astronomical and, you know, what's so special about this window of time. But then he doesn't himself draw any conclusions or he doesn't influence people with his conclusions. Yeah. I'm 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 reading here. It's quite funny. So he has he has a lot of skeptics, obviously. Mm. Um, and as a science communicator, so in August 20, 2021, Brian Dunning, he's a science communicator. He he, he summarized the analysis done on the subject of missing four one one. After I think the C- University of Seattle, they have a Department of Criminal Justice, and mm-hmm. in the report, Dunning states that 
researchers have pointed out that many aspects of the cases have explanations that are well known, just apparently not to Politis. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. is, is it, is, is it, I don't know, maybe are we missing out on key details? Like, is he intentionally taking out key details? Is he choosing not to listen? It's like, to, I like, pretend not to see. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that information, but I'm ignoring it. Yeah. Thanks for that. I, I won't include that in my book. It's just, uh, it's, it's hard, you know. Obviously, it's not about picking sides. Um, you can pick, you know, someone even said, um, you know, for example, I mentioned the Freedom of Information Act. And this was, I heard this from a podcast that he actually did. Um, but apparently the same person, Brian Dunning, I just mentioned, um, confirmed that the Freedom of Information Act requests by Politis were actually made. And it's just, it's just some of them were denied, right? But then Politis asserts as a cover-up conspiracy, you know, what kind of data does the National Park Service actually suggest? Um, mm. But when the simple answer is they simply don't have the information to provide, right? You know, maybe it's underfunded. Oh, okay. They don't have enough people um, running the parks. Um, so <laughs> someone says... The missing 411 non-mystery is a virtual clone of the Bermuda Triangle non-mystery. That's, <laughs> well, that's a, the that's thing, I think. I think the thing about David Plytus is that it's just one viewpoint. I think like we say of a lot of things, just looking at one person's viewpoint never really gives you the full picture. You do have to look at yeah. like other people. So just because this is what David Plytus says and he can make it out seem very mysterious, it might not be in reality yeah and that's a good point and i also i i personally don't think he's doing this out of um you know malicious intent like oh, he yeah. isn't i don't think he's doing this to become popular he even said like, he even said so himself he doesn't you know he doesn't theorize on what happened to the cases he just provides us with the evidence mm -hmm. and his analysis of what um what has happened it's just and i mean this guy wrote bigfoot so exactly so I think, he must uh, have a big imagination a, so. exactly a big imagination the thing is he's he's you know he's dedicating his life to this um mm. so clearly he wants to find answers and i think with a good heart uh, is whether or not you know everyone's gonna have the skeptics and i you know, i don't blame them for being skeptical about this you know mm. i think if you measure the disappearances in like the missing 411 compared to like normal disappearances like it, it's not any different in terms of like the rate of disappearances like mm. you know people go missing it happens and most of them will go um unsolved the thing is the the, the, the stories you told me they're, they're they're creepy though i'm not denying that i just i think what creeps me out is the fact that these people just seemingly vanished they mm. went from a place of safety and you know they walked home and you know being able to walk from one place to another that's meant to you're not meant to go missing. You're meant to feel safe, even if you are drunk. And the fact that these people just disappeared, they were found, and there's no justice for them. You know, whether they literally could not find out what happened to them or whether they are hiding something, I just... That makes me feel sad. And, you know, no matter how creepy it is, it... Yeah. Yep. I, I agree, especially, you know, when it's like children going missing and they're never found, right? It's like, mm. you, you can't imagine how much how much pain that brings their families. And I guess, you know, what David Politis is doing is trying to, you know, bring some solace to those cases. And these cases have been going on for decades, right? So it's, you know, it's nothing new. Um, we're only hearing about it now because obviously um, he's made it into books. He's popularized it. Um, but, you know, in, but in the... Think... Mm -hmm. I think that is a good thing about his books. He is bringing these cases to light. Yeah. So people know about them. And maybe if they do know anything, these cases could be resolved. Yeah. I do hope they open some of these cases, though. For example, um, which one is the Dakota James? Like, yeah. you know, may maybe it's worth relooking into it. But yeah, it's weird. This, this, you know, it's, it scares me how people can go missing and there are no answers. Um, and it's, it's sad. It really, uh, I don't know how to put it. It's about like going missing. You are essentially, you vanish, right? There's no mm -hmm. trace of you. And the national parks in the US, it's absolutely massive. You know, if anyone wanted to intentionally go missing, you know, their own volition, I guess you could. And no one. National will... Park is. And I think that's the one thing. The national park is a great place to go missing. Well, yeah. you know, a vast area of space is a great place if you wanted to not be found on purpose. But at the same time, if you did go missing, it's so hard for people to find you. 
Yeah. And that was also very sad. That is sad. Um, we should investigate more, like, sort of these kind of disappearances and mysteries. Because I won't touch into it now, because we're, you know, coming to the end of this episode. You know, you have individuals going missing, but there are actually cases of, you know, was it mass, like, cases of mass disappearances so we're not talking like mm. one or two people going missing you have entire towns going missing so i think it'll be quite interesting to investigate those in the future i think that would i think that's a whole different kind of worms yeah like this the disappearances fascinate me that's sad and i think that that's a part about you know solving the answers what keeps me interested in this so just out of 10 how would you <laughs> how would you rate this 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 topic in terms of you know Stop how it. much it intrigues you how much you know if it's scary to you what do you think well, the thing is this topic is so, so vast mm-hmm. and there's so many different stories and they are really interesting but when you think about it just like geez there are yeah. so many stories out there that haven't been resolved yeah. and i think that's the thing that i'm glad david Plytus is trying to shine a light onto these stories because theories aside, they do deserve to be told. Um, yep. You know, not getting uh, clo- closure sucks. I mean, we've all been there, whether we've been ghosted by someone we liked, or <laughs> we applied for a job and we never heard back from them, and we never knew why they didn't want us. Yep. But I can't imagine being a family member and losing someone so close to you and never really finding out what happened to them whether you never found them again or you did and it it just didn't sound right you know what the, the police said you don't believe it but you'll never get that closure i can't yep. begin to imagine how that would feel like for these families and i yep. think that's the saddest part about it yep. you I know do, aside from the fact them. that these are very interesting stories yeah, because at the end of the day, they are, they are interesting stories, but the stories of real people. And I do yeah. appreciate the fact, um, you know, David Pollard, he's, he's brought, you know, a light to this story. And it's actually made a lot of people question, you know, the authority of, you know, the police, um, mm. the National Park Services. It's just, it's unfortunate because, you know, you, you look towards someone for like reliance, you know, you rely on someone to help you. And when there's no one there to help you, it's really scary. So definitely, I think this is, I think it's worth actually having a second episode on this, I think. Um, there are yeah. so many stories to cover. It could be like a seasonal <laughs> episode. There's so many stories. Um, we already had some really good ones here. but That's the thing, there's just so many. And the more stories you look at, the more theories that come up, the more yep. possibilities that could happen. And that's the thing about the missing form one, it, I don't think it's just one thing, one reason yep. why these people are missing. But yeah, um, whatever's yep. going on in America is a little sus. <laughs> it is. Uh, there's so many more mysteries we can cover that just take place in the US. I mean, maybe mm. that's because they have so much information about all of this kind of stuff, but it's, it'll be worth investigating. Do you know what we want to talk about next time? I mean, we don't have anything set, but you know, what, what are some interesting ideas before we close this episode? Well... I do want to start talking about some hauntings. Hauntings, ghosts. Hauntings. So we've touched. I've already felt existential because of the first episode. I'm <laughs> sad because of this episode, and now I'm going to get spooked with the next one. I think <laughs> the we, next can, one. we can do hauntings. I think hauntings would be pretty cool. What about you? I think I think ha- what kind of hauntings though? Are we talking like your your you know very common ones like the conjurings, that kind of stuff? Or do you want to? Mm, I feel like those have been covered a lot. Yeah. I like a lot of things that happen to seemingly normal people. Yep. Yeah, those, those, so, those are creepy. I have to think, because there are many things we can talk about. Also, yeah. completely different, but the ocean. The ocean. That will be a fun <laughs> episode. The deep ocean. Yeah, we'll definitely have that Lisa. on board. But yeah. Okay, awesome. I think... Yeah, we've we sort of run over time with this episode. It was so much fun to talk about, though. Um, it was great. Thank you, Jess, for you know suggesting this idea, telling thank the you stories. Sure. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Yeah, and for those listening, um, obviously we, we're not too sure what the next episode will actually be, but do do stay tuned if you are. Um, but yeah, thank you. See you guys next time, and join us for the next episode of the. the what was it called again? <laughs> the same as it never was. See, well, I got a tongue twisted at the end. Don't know the name of my own show. Right? I can't remember. Guys. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the stories. I'm, I'm I'm just scrolling through. 
how long is our research document for this? Nine pages? Ten pages? It's a lot long. to take in. <laughs> you can't it, remember it is, it is. the name. I of can't remember. Post. It's okay. Oh, that is sad. You, you can you can lead it from next time. But anyways, <laughs> thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much, Jess. Thank um, you, guys. See you guys in the next episode of The Same As It Never Was.